Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome in on a Monday to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky and uh, the bearer of good news yet again for you. So right before I hit record, I was going to talk about basketball. I'm still going to talk about basketball. The team is very close, very, very close to making me eat crow, which I would happily do for you. They're very close to making me look silly, but I have to push that back a little bit. Have to push that back because right before I hit record, you got breaking news on the transfer side of things. Ole Miss got better on defense today with the addition of a graduate transfer, but a different kind of graduate transfer. Got multiple years, two years of eligibility, who plays linebacker coming to Ole Miss. So I'll tell you all about this kid and, and what he means, how he ended up at Ole Miss, where he's coming from, all that good stuff, and then we'll transition into the basketball team. They're playing their tails off. They've really been playing their tails off all year long. I mean, I've been, as you guys know, extremely critical of the program, and I think still rightfully so. But one thing you couldn't criticize, although I was worried about it, I thought that maybe this will be the next step. Team has not quit. They have not quit at all. And down, what was it, 14 in the second half against Auburn, or 11, I think it was 11. Either way, down double digits, second half against Auburn. They could have laid down and quit, and yet again, here they are not doing that, and they get an overtime win. So all that coming your way, but first, follow me on Twitter, at Michael Borky, and uh, hope you've been watching the uh, the morning streams. Uh, I do that every morning. In case you missed today's, I talked Super Bowl this morning. So uh, find my podcast, uh, Michael Borky or Borky Show, um, and you can listen or watch that every single morning. So really glad that... Uh, some of you, I know some of you have for sure, because uh, you've told me, which I appreciate. Uh, so if you haven't yet, go check it out. I'm actually having uh, a lot of fun. But also, subscribe to this podcast. Leave a rating and a review. And don't forget, the show is brought to you every day by LBs, just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Uh, it might be a good week to have Greg do the cooking for you. Get one of their daily lunch specials. We're going to have a weird weather week. So... I guess today is a nice day to do it. Tomorrow and Wednesday are going to be good grilling days. But then after that, Wednesday is going to be 62 in Oxford. Thursday, 39. And you have chances of snow. Multiple days of snow chances, including on Sunday, a high of 28 in Oxford. So let Greg do the cooking for you. Get one of his daily lunch specials. Or if you're willing to brave the elements and get behind the grill, get that started at LB's. It's uh, the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. And tell Greg... And the good people there at LB's that Super Talk sent you. All right, transfer news, transfer news. You kind of knew this was coming. Mel Kuyper uh, on his radio show, I guess it was his Saturday radio show. Um, and Kuyper and this kid, his name is Chance Campbell. He's a Maryland transfer. Um, they're connected like through family and being from the same area. So Mel Kuyper just kind of out of nowhere was like, Hey, this linebacker I really like at Maryland, he's going to transfer to play to uh, play with Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. And that perked everybody's ears up. Wait, hold on. First of all, that'd be good, but what's going on here? And then uh, some local guys, uh, I, I know Neil McCready acknowledged that he was going to announce and uh, had yet to do it, but he thought that it was coming, you know, in the given, you know, 
next couple of days. And sure enough, Neil was right, and here he is. Chance Campbell. He is a middle linebacker, uh, gra- graduating in May, I think, uh, from Maryland, but he will have two years of eligibility left. So he announced this morning on Twitter that he is transferring to Ole Miss. He photoshopped himself in the powder blue uniform. You guys got to get used to those. They're sticking around. The current coaching staff loves them. The players love them. That's going to be Ole Miss's primary color, I, I swear, as long as Lane Kiffin is there. Um, anyway, so he's in the uh, powder blue jersey with committed next to it. Um, it's a really nice looking jersey. But anyway, uh, made that announcement earlier today. He uh, finished second in the Big Ten in tackles per game. So I think Maryland only played four or five games this year. Um, but he averaged 11 tackles per game. He was third in the Big Ten in solo tackles per game at just under six. He led the team in tackles with 43. They played four games. And tackles for loss at five and a half. And he also had a sack and a half in uh, five games they played this year. Sorry, I keep going back and forth. I'm crazy. Um, But 11 tackles per game uh, he averaged. And you probably already put the, the two things together. He was recruited by Durkin to go to Maryland. So there's your connection. Uh, obviously, DJ Durkin, the uh, co-defensive coordinator at Ole Miss currently. He was a, uh, a really a highly sought-after transfer. Most people uh, around Maryland, uh, it seems, after scanning some of their message boards and stuff, pretty, pretty pissed. Uh, that he's leaving their program. They think it's a huge loss. Uh, he's a really good player. The um, The fans are seemingly very disappointed with uh, with this. And, you know, for what's worth, he's 6'3", 235. Um, Maryland wasn't a great team, but apparently he's just a, he's a great player. And watching... Some of his his highlights and his film and stuff like that. My biggest gripe with Ole Miss this past year, if you listen to this podcast uh, every day, was the the angles and then poor tackling when they arrived to the location. Ole Miss defensively, especially at the linebacker position at times, was so, so, so bad at taking angles and tackling well. I mean, that that was such a problem for Ole Miss last year. And, I mean, it is the Big Ten. The Big Ten is different than the SEC. I'm not trying to tell you it's not. But um, this guy very clearly has a good understanding of angles and tackling form. It is very, very different when you watch him. Very different than what you saw on the field last year for Ole Miss. And I've had a few people... You know, ask me, well, this guy's probably just the next uh, Romo Magnello. You got remember, you guys probably remember the transfer from Oregon State. Um, I mean, I guess it's possible, and I know a lot of people think that you know the SEC is just so 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 much better than the Big Ten, and you know it's just going to be so different. And it, I guess it's possible. I mean, it is possible. I'm not going to try to convince you that the Big Ten is the SEC speed wise, but I think it's very clear. Number one, you should probably trust the current coaching staff and evaluations. They've given you no reason to think otherwise. But two, most importantly, you can't afford with your current talent and ability right now at that position to not sign guys like this. Even if 
it's possible that he's potentially a step slow in the SEC versus being very effective in the Big Ten. Because right now, you've got linebackers that are multiple steps too slow, who also take bad angles, and when they arrive at, like on time, they can't tackle. So even if he's serviceable, not even good, I mean, he's an all-Big Ten honorable mention, um, so even if he's just serviceable for Ole Miss, that is an upgrade from what they currently have at that position. So, I mean, you can't, they cannot afford to not take in guys like this at that position, uh, regardless of whether or not you think that he'll be a step slow in the SEC. And, and there's no, we have no reason to think that, but I understand the concern. Ole Miss has recently been burned, kind of burned, by a transfer linebacker that just didn't pan out. Could not adjust to the speed in the SEC. Maybe this happens to this kid. But um, I think no matter what, if you watch, just watch some of his games, there's a big difference. It's something that they needed bad. And experienced. And their linebacker core, I mean, you know, I just criticized them, but should be a really experienced group. I mean, Momo Sonogo is returning for his 12th year at Ole Miss. Um, Lakia Henry's a veteran in age. Jock Jones has played a lot of football for Ole Miss. Now this kid, he's going to be a graduate transfer with two years left. I mean, he's been a starter in the Big Ten for multiple years. Uh, suddenly you've got a position group that's been pretty bad, but um, now there's a real chance for them to have some experience. Uh, I mean, this is a good pickup. He appears to take the right angles. He appears to tackle well. Um, he has experience. Highly sought after. Not something that Ole Miss has really had at the linebacker position. So it's a really big deal because they need help there, obviously. He's a playmaker in the Big Ten. Um, the defensive line has to get better, though. I mean, and they address that in recruiting with junior college guys and high school guys, but it is really hard, or I imagine it had to have been really hard to play linebacker for that defense when your defensive linemen are, were as bad as Ole Miss's was at times last year. It's hard to play the position. So they have to get better there uh, to make this really matter, to make this worth anything. But it's a big deal. It's a big pickup. They need a defensive help. They need a talent. They needed a linebacker that understood angles. They got all of that. I mean, this is this is a big deal. And it's another example of the kind of roster building that we've talked about in the past where, yes, they're going to sign high school players. They're not going to do the Texas State thing. I don't know if you guys have read about that. Um, Texas State signed no high school prospects. Instead, they're just getting transfers. Uh, in their minds, they are better suited. And it's just a COVID thing. Instead of having to take flyers on guys they weren't able to evaluate themselves, they can look at the transfer market, watch these guys film at the college level, and know that they are more likely getting a solid player versus taking flyers on high school kids they have not been able to evaluate themselves. It's an interesting strategy, especially for a program at that level, because there are more players in the transfer portal than spots available. So Texas State has a bunch of available spots, and suddenly they're getting guys from Power 5 programs to play for them, and they feel like that's the best strategy uh, this year. 
So, you know, that's an interesting layer to this. Um, but roster building, I brought it up during the summer. I brought it up during the early signing period. Lane Kiffin told you in his opening press conference that this was going to be different. That they were going to approach it the way NFL teams do. They were going to draft players via recruiting. They were going to look at junior college transfers. And they were going to enter free agency, what he referred to it as, with the transfer portal. So here you have a recruiting class that has a bunch of blue chip prospects in it. You've got what they need to be instant impact junior college players, especially on the defensive line. And then you have Jake Springer, who is a transfer from Navy, who we'll see what he's like. Uh, I mean, he was a second team all AAC player. Didn't get to see him on the field this year. And, you know, I haven't seen him practice, so we'll see. Uh, But Otis Reese... They received as a transfer, and now Chance Campbell, a high-level player out of the Big Ten. This is the roster building now. This is what college football needs to be. You sign players out of high school. You get junior college players if they're good enough, and you use the transfer portal to your advantage. If you're only just signing high school kids and not looking in the transfer market, you're going to be left behind. So... Uh, they talked about this uh, a lot, and they told the truth. They're going to build rosters like the NFL teams do. And here they are adding an important piece in a position of desperate need. I mean, Like I said last week after signing day, it's, it's really hard to find a spot to criticize. I can't find, I mean, I can't find anything right now to criticize the program for. I mean, can you? Uh, Matt Corral's interceptions in Arkansas and LSU, but I mean, that's that's just football stuff. I'm talking about running a program, coaching, public relations, r- recruiting, I mean, what what can anybody say that's not positive right now? Seriously. I can't think of one. And I know some people think that I actively search that. Maybe I do, but I can't find anything. Right now, the momentum in your program is significant. It is um, unlike anything I've seen. I think right now things are being done the right way more so than at any point in the freeze era. You know, I I wasn't around for Cutcliffe, but this is real, guys. I mean, it's, um, it's actually Ole Miss being run the way it should, you know, um, I always thought it was a better job than people gave it credit for, and now maybe actually um, it's being handled and run like one. But we'll have to see. Big pickup. Big, big pickup today. Very important piece at the linebacker spot. All right, turning the page here to basketball. Ole Miss and Auburn, kind of an afterthought because of the Super Bowl, but Ole Miss gets a win. 
They move up to 10-8 and eight on the season, 5-6 and six in SEC play with an overtime win over Auburn. And as you guys know, uh, I've been pretty critical of this program. And I think they deserved it. Um, the offense was awful. And even still, after two straight wins, a win over number 11 Tennessee and a win on the road, Ole Miss just owns Auburn. Bruce Pearl's Auburn is owned by Ole Miss. Andy Kennedy and now Kermit Davis. Both his... He, Bruce Pearl has two dads, and they both coached at Ole Miss. Um, they're getting close, though, to making me have to eat crow. I mean, the team to this point still has underachieved relative to expectations. The offense still hasn't been good relative to expectations. But like I said at the top of this, um, the one thing I was really concerned about is losing games the way they're losing and the frustrating way that they've lost those games. Are they going to lose the locker room? You saw in Athens, there was some bickering between player and coach. And Is he going to lose his team? And that answer is hell no. I mean, no shot. They only beat Tennessee because they out-efforted Tennessee. There was no metric that Ole Miss beat Tennessee in, really, except for the score, which is the only thing that matters, but effort. Ole Miss outworked Tennessee the other night. Absolutely outworked Tennessee. And then in Auburn, I mean, they're getting beat by double digits in the second half, and that team, being given every excuse to lay down, just didn't. And they kept fighting and battling, and Romello White was fantastic. And why the hell has he not been getting up shots like that all season long? Where has that been in your offense all season long? He's your best player. I mean, you knew after the first couple of games that he was your best player. He should be getting up 18 shots a night. Instead, some games he had five shot attempts. No, they need to force the ball to him because look at what he produces when he does. That was one of the best games from an Ole Miss big that I've ever seen. Uh, that's how talented he is. That's what the offense should have always been. It's about time they wake up and start giving their best player 18 shots in a game, but that led to the win. Effort is not this team's problem. Give a damn, not this team's problem at all. And in a year that's been filled with frustration and uh, bad off, really bad offense and underachieving, they still show up and play hard every night. And that's commendable. And good on Devontae Shuler. I mean, I know he's he's had a frustrating year in his own right, but hitting that game winner, that, you can't help but root for the kid. He seems like a, just a really, really good kid uh, who's um, dealt with a lot and is dealing with a lot in his life. You know, he's just he's been through, been through some stuff. And he's a good kid. And, and a good player and a good athlete. And uh, watching that shot go in, I thought was really, really cool. Um, so a, a good win. I mean, Auburn's not a very good team. You know, they, they just moved Auburn to 10-10 and 10 in SEC play. And they're about to face an NCAA tournament ban. They weren't going to make it anyway. Um, I hope in a year where they won't make the tournament and there's no NIT, the NCAA basically ignores their, uh, their postseason ban. Um, they should anyway but uh shot 50 percent from the field 31.6 percent from three which is good for this team uh, i mean they were tied in rebounds they turn the ba- their turnovers look worse 
on the box score than they actually were in the game. Joyner really struggled, but uh, I don't think that was as much of their issue. Romello White was just dominant. He just he played like a man among boys, and that's kind of that's how he is. He needs to get force fed the basketball. But I had somebody ask me recently. It was after the game Saturday, excuse me, um, about the NCAA tournament. It was a buddy of mine. He was joking with me. He said, ha-ha, they're going to make you look so stupid when they make the tournament. And I thought, uh, they are far, 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 far away from that. Not anywhere close, honestly. But um, that doesn't mean that they still can't close the season on a positive note. I mean, was the Tennessee game a galvanizing moment? But when you look at the schedule, I mean, they've got a, you know, they get two shots at Missouri, which helps. Yeah, probably can't lose at South Carolina and Vanderbilt, but like they have to, I mean, at worst, go five and one to really actually be back in the tournament, I think. I mean, I guess if you beat Missouri twice, it gives you some wiggle room, but losing to South Carolina or Vanderbilt basically ends it for you. Um, so they can work their way back in it, but I think it's really, really, really premature um, to start talking about the tournament yet. It was a really good week for that team, though. A really, really, really good week for that team. And they're working towards uh, getting me to eat crow. They're, they're on their way to making me look silly. Not there yet, though. Not there yet. But they're working on it. And uh, I would happily admit I was wrong about this team this year if they somehow find a way to to make a run and, you know, win five um, of the next six games and make the tournament. It's a really premature conversation, but trust me when I say I hope that happens. I really do. Would not be mine being wrong here at all. So... All right, so good news on the transfer front for you. That's uh, that's big time, big big time for Ole Miss and uh, Chance Campbell, and then the basketball team getting another win. So really impressive, and uh, really good week for you. Things are just going well for you right now. Baseball season not very far away. I know they had some inter inter-squad scrimmages this weekend. I wasn't able to go because I don't live there, and I was not going to watch a uh, Facebook Live feed. I'm sorry. I know you guys love baseball. And I like it too. Um, not that much. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk a lot of baseball here um, moving forward, though, for sure. Season what? I mean, just what? Ten days away? Eleven days away? Something like that. So, you guys enjoy your week. I'll be back to you uh, back with you on Wednesday. Talk a little bit of recruiting, hopefully. Uh, with my guy Zach Barry. So that is at least something that I'm going to work on today. We can get that conversation for you on Wednesday. Talk about 2021 and get his thoughts on that, and then turn the page to 22. Most people think the in-state hall in 2022 is a lot better than the one uh, that just was signed here in the state of Mississippi. So we'll talk about all that on Wednesday. Enjoy your week. Don't forget to watch my streams at 7.45 or so in the morning on Facebook Live and Periscope on all the Sports Talk social channels, and then, of course, the radio show in the afternoon. But I'm alongside Richard Cross, so that's not near as interesting to listen to. (laughs) You guys have a good week, uh, and I'll talk to you again on Wednesday. 
a Super Talk Mississippi media production.